Hello, 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 and welcome to iDeveloper Live, episode 60. At last, we say, at last, we say, we've been having a few technical difficulties. Now, uh, we've got a whole bunch of people over in Amsterdam, or should I say Amsterdam, but among them is the uh, the vulnerable and uh, wonderful uh, Mr. John Fox. How are you, John? I'm dandy, but you said... You said vulnerable. When I, I did. You I, said venerable. No? I, I meant to say venerable, but I said vulnerable, which um, actually, if your mic carries on the way it is right now, you will be vulnerable. Vulnerable to my wrath. <laughs> your wrath. <laughs> you now sound like you've got your head stuck in a metal bucket, but never mind. We're going to, we're going to, um, do you know what we're going to do? We are going to keep going because it's uh, just a little bit too complicated. John, you are um, in the fine city of Amsterdam, where you have been working now for a few weeks. I understand that you have um, gathered together the finest of that fair city uh, with you there today. So um, why don't you take us through who's there with you? I have indeed. So we have on base, Jorn, and I'm not even going to try to uh, pronounce his name, his last name. We have Samuel, whose last name is Goodwin, and that's easy. And live from Estonia, we have Paul Darcy. Uh, okay, guys. Um, John, you lead us through because you know, you t- t- tell us a bit about yourselves. Who are you, first of all? Sam. Uh, so I'm Samuel Goodwin. I write software and uh, do a little teaching here. I uh, quit my job in New York to come uh, be in Amsterdam about three months ago. Okay, and now, Paul, you're the now acting CEO of Amsterdam. Yeah, that's right. Um, I took over from Mike Lee back uh, in May, I think it was. Uh, he asked me to take over for him originally temporarily while he went out to uh, to Taiwan um, for a vacation. And then uh, he asked me to, to stay on after that when he came back. So, Samuel, you followed this uh, clarion call of Mike Lee. And, Paul, you're left holding the bag trying to make sure that he did the right thing. And Jorn, whose house we're in right now, Bounce Space, the, the co-working space that is acting as Amsterdam Central, you're the one who has to make it all work. Um, well, I guess you could put it like that, yes. I, I started a bounce space, a co-working concept uh, two years ago in Maastricht, the south of the Netherlands. And actually, uh, because of all sorts of, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, coincidental events, uh, it, uh, I, got, I ended up here in Amsterdam, 250 kilometers up north, where... Uh, uh, I now uh, uh, launched uh, Bounce Space, a co-working concept at last, and uh, where I got to meet a fantastic community of uh, uh, app-minded uh, and, and skilled people, and uh, uh, that's uh, why we're here. So, Scotty, you visited Amsterdam last year pretty much at this time. We visited together. I had to leave earlier, but we were there at the very early days. Do you remember them? Yeah, I think I remember rightly. Yeah, it was about this time last year. And I mean, literally, Amsterdam had only been an idea back at the end of March last year. So, I mean, it really was a few months in. Um, And basically, I think a lot of what Amsterdam was supposed to be um, was very much still um, idea as opposed to reality. Uh, Lunchtime talks were going on. Um, Visited one of those while I was there. Um, The guys from Atlassian did one while I was over there. Um, there was a co-working space. Uh, it was slightly less than salubrious, shall we say. It was um, half of a porter cabin on top of another porter cabin down the docks. And, and I have to say, um, Mike Lee's portrayal of the dock beach as this sort of 
balmy paradise uh, full of bikinis and beach balls and, and, and games like that was maybe slightly overstated. It, it was sort of next to a junkyard and maybe a bit gravelly. Um, but on the whole, I mean, the, the point is the, the seeds have been sown. The idea was there and people seem to be getting excited, but it really was very early. Um, so, I mean, you, you're back there now, John, a year later. What's it like? Well, it, everything has changed. That's what's so surprising. Um, the co-working space I'm in is literally across the canal from the Rijksmuseum. I feel I could stick my hand out and steal artwork. It is a, a very beautiful location with a, a plaza on the bottom where people can come freely co-work. There are a number of meeting rooms in which various events are held and where Mike's company, uh, New Limuria, I hope I have that name correct, or that's the, the slang he has for it, is, is located. And uh, it is a world of difference. Since I've been here, I've been to a number of different events. I've been to, um, uh, by now, two weekly uh, uh, lunchtime talks. I'm actually giving one tomorrow. I've been to a speaker training session. I've been to a pitch um, uh, training session. I've been to a family weekend. So I've had quite a, uh, a bit of flavor of Amsterdam since I've been here. And, and it's, to me, really, really nice. It, it, it is coming quite close to, to what the original dream was, is what if you could have something like NS Conference all the time? Uh, I mean, so, I mean, how much long, how long, you've been there a couple of weeks now, how much longer have you got left to go? So I'll be here until the 2nd of August. Okay, so this is obviously something that, um, you know, you're still only a couple of weeks in. I mean, is this a lifestyle that could be maintained full-time? Well, there's quite a bit of momentum. I mean, part of the idea about this thing is that there's consistency of, of, of undertaking, right? So there, these weekly Wednesday lecture series have been going on contiguously for the last, you know, last six months, at least, if not more. And the quality of the speaking keeps getting better because they're using it as a mechanism for training people. So not only do you get to hear good content, but you also get to be trained in how to deliver a, an effective presentation, which is good for everybody. Um, the, the family weekends are held every other weekend, and there's, there's no shortage of things to do in and around the area, and both as, a, as an outlet for you know, your happiness in life and as a chance to go, for instance, go to a museum, you know, have some alternative inputs that, that help you in, in your design work, your, your, in your thinking. That, that's going very strong. Um, so I think it's something that's very easy to maintain because so much of the groundwork has already been done and there's a pretty deep bench of, of volunteer talent. And that's why, you know, chaotic as it has been to get all these people on there, I wanted to have them on there so that, you know, they could, they could talk about it from different perspectives. Okay, well, I mean, John, you're in the room with them, although I know you've all separated to stop audio contamination, so you're in one place in different parts. Uh, but this is your show, John. I mean, you, you take us uh, where you want to go, and I'll just pitch in um, like you do now and again and be irritating, because that's um, we'll swap jobs for the day. Okay, sounds good. Well, since what I had said, that a lot of what really turned it around in, in my mind is having a physical space that you could point to and say, here's the, here's the center of gravity for Amsterdam. And that has a lot to do with bounce space. And not only is it a really good uh, co-working space, it has a fantastic business model that I wanted Jorn to speak to. So I wanted him to introduce this concept of, of social capital and paying with social capital. Right. Thanks, John. Well, I, I guess I just already uh, explained that uh, I started off... Um, this uh, co-working concept in uh, Maastricht, south of the Netherlands, about two years ago. Um, but there, uh, somehow, we couldn't really get the momentum. And uh, that was partially, perhaps, 
because of the environment, but uh, more so because of the fact that there was simply a team uh, where uh, there were different conceptual thoughts on, on how to execute a co-working space. And uh, I was very certain of uh, values such as a community, social capital, uh, and, uh, um, um, and, and, and and a network around your uh, co-working concept. And I think you do not create such a, a network by uh, charging for each and every minute spent in your building. You need to think about ways that uh, people uh, who actually are able to bring a lot, uh, a lot of uh, uh, social capital, as we call it, but not uh, uh, euros or dollars, um, you need to think about how to get those people into to the building and how to get their skills and uh, uh, valuable uh, ideas into the building. And uh, actually a platform that uh, started off doing this about five to seven years ago is Seeds to Meet. Uh, it's a concept that started in, in Utrecht and uh, together with them um, I brought Bound Space to Amsterdam and, uh, and we've succeeded in really uh, catching that momentum by uh, allowing people to come in uh, and work for free here on, on a fantastic location in Amsterdam and we basically tell them the only thing we expect from you is to check in, uh, check in and show what your skills are, uh, who you are and be open to sharing your knowledge. Uh, that's basically all people need to do to be able to come in and work for free but also to get free Wi-Fi, free lunch and even free coffee and tea and people are flabbergasted by that but actually uh, there is uh, a logic behind it uh, because we've created a very vibrant co-working space um, and actually in just two months the word is out in Amsterdam and um, I think it's, uh, it's much better to introduce the concept in Amsterdam in that way and uh, uh, then to shout uh, from the building by uh, uh, spending uh, money on advertisements and uh, old-fashioned ways of, of, of promoting this concept. So we basically said we rather spend it on uh, lunch and on free coffee and uh, what we expect from you guys, the co-work community, is to share your knowledge and to uh, spread the word. We all work in organizations, uh, corporates, universities, municipalities that can uh, make use of our event spaces because that's where the revenue model is for us again, selling events and meetings um, and we you can book those online and pay for them online, manage them online. Um, and that's uh, what the community does. They make sure, sure uh, these uh, companies and, and professionals hear about that and um, they basically are our uh, PR and uh, marketing machine. So um, that's, a, that's a fantastic trade-off. Um, I mean, uh, uh, basically the people who are willing to pay with social capital can do so and can help us in other ways and, uh, and are creating value for corporates and other organizations that, uh, uh, that want to meet or uh, hold events here. And uh, well, one of the things we did as well to sort of boost our community efforts is a partnership with Amsterdam and that has created a fantastic vibe and uh, brought in a lot of uh, skillful people. So um, uh, Amsterdam um, is, 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 is basically um, uh, holding their events here, uh, are, uh, can, can direct people uh, to physical workspace here. And uh, especially the last thing is very important. I think John is a, is a very good example of that, who comes from the States and is now able to meet uh, other people from the Amsterdam community here at Bounce Base. And 
well, of course, the, the second benefit is that the whole story I've just outlined basically means that a lot of other professionals come in as well. So from uh, journalists to uh, investors to uh, uh, stockbrokers, um, and they all uh, intermingle with uh, the Amsterdam community. And uh, well, I think all of that is, is basically what has... Yeah, what has um, uh, surprised most of us, but uh, in a good way because it's uh, it's fantastic. We just uh, yeah, we need to see where it, where it takes us from now. So, Paul, let's bring you into the conversation a little bit here. When you when you said okay, I accept to take over, what did you want to accomplish? What to give us your perspective on these last couple of months? I really just wanted to to continue on. Um, Mike's vision of making uh, Amsterdam the best place in the world to be an app maker. I felt that I'd benefited from the the infrastructure that he'd already set up, and I could fully understand that he didn't want to just set it up and run Amsterdam. He wanted to set it up as a place where he could be an app maker himself, and that's why he has set up his new business here uh, in Amsterdam, and. And wanted to take advantage of it, and I felt that I was in a position to put some um, some time and effort into continuing that. And uh, at some stage, I'll pass it over to uh, to other people to continue it on. People just from the community itself. So I made the claim that there there's a pretty deep bench, and so I, I want to back that up a little bit. On, but I need your help with it. So right. some some of the events that I've been to, for instance, the, the mm-hmm. weekly lecture series, that's yep. managed by a woman named Tara. Correct. Uh, it's by Tara Ross and uh, also Matteo Manfredini. The two of them have been, Matteo in particular has been running it for over a year and Tara has been helping out for about the last six months. So that's work uh, that you haven't had to do. So in other words, it's not just you, it's not just her, it's not just Matteo's. No, uh, we've, we've tried to make it so that uh, each of the people doing the, the main events that, that Amsterdam organises the uh, the family weekends, the the lunchtime lectures, the uh, guru sessions, and so on. That the, it doesn't just fall on one person's shoulders because it is too much for one person to be doing all the time, just on a voluntary basis. Because we're we're running these events, uh, the lunchtime lectures, we're running them every single week. The uh, guru sessions are happening around about twice a month now. The uh, family weekends are happening twice a month and other events that, that we organize are, are coming up all the time and it's it's too much for one person to be doing just continuously so we've, we've made a real effort to try and make sure that everybody has a backup uh, to help them out okay and so what are some of the other things we can talk about so for the last couple of weeks now, there's been a, a podcast that's specific to Amsterdam. It's called Welcome to Amsterdam, and it's run by our own Samuel Goodwin and his partner in crime, sometimes uh, Robert Atkins. Is that correct? Yes. So tell us a little bit about that, Sam. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we were at the, the weekly meeting and drinking one night, and uh, somebody suggested, oh, hey, you have all this equipment to record audio. Uh, maybe you need to uh, make a show so that everyone has... You know, weekly updates of, uh, you know, here's what's going on, here's what happened last week. Um, you know, maybe try to emphasize uh, some of the important things that have occurred as a result. Uh, for example, the last meeting and drinking, I got various business contacts. We have people that are coming to um, 
to to try to hire people and they have actual money you know they don't just have crazy ideas they have they have money to back it up and they say i need engineers here's a good place to go let me just buy people beer until i find who i need to talk to to potentially hire somebody so you came here when did you arrive in Amsterdam? uh april 1st and so what what attracted you to come here in the first place um, well, so Mike lured me here with photographs of uh, the lovely skate parks in Amsterdam. And so I, uh, I came to visit in September last year. And after a week of being here, I decided I needed to be here as soon as possible. Like the, the city is pretty much amazing, even when it rains all the time. And um, the, the people here are also really great. Like everybody I meet is super nice, uh, super helpful. Um, you know, I got here, I basically had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know what I needed to do for immigration purposes. I didn't know where to look to find a place to live or, or to eat or anything. And, uh, you know, people just took care of me because they, they care about what's going on here. And so I think that that's one of the hallmarks of the whole Amsterdam experience. I mean, we have a physical space. We have a, a shared desire to, to improve our game and to create the environment that allows us to have the, the teams we'd all like to work on. Um, and, and that's really when it all really clicked over in my mind, you know, why somebody would want to be here and why somebody would want to set up a, a, a company here. Because in the end, you know, you want to be able to work on interesting stuff. And, and okay, you can have a great idea. You can you can go execute on that idea, you know, wherever you, you particularly like to. But you can only go so far as, as an individual person. You obviously need a team member, team, team members from different disciplines, especially if you're trying to make apps. Um, and so... You know, you want to be able to be in an environment where people actually want to help each other uh, be as good as they possibly can. And, and that's, that's what seems to separate this. Because in other environments, and, and I live in San Francisco, so in San Francisco it's, it's hyper-competitive. There is a certain amount of, of cooperation that goes on, but there's not you know, an institution that's saying, we want to help everybody improve their game across all aspects of it. We want to help you be a better coder. We want you to be a better app maker by, by learning aspects of design if you're a coder. We want you to be a better experience designer if you understand a little bit about software engineering. We want everybody to be a, a better human being by being able to, to spend time enjoying life and, and, and doing things that are non-technical, non-kind of, you know, go out and going out to have a drink, but, but let's say family-oriented, culturally oriented. It's that, it's that continuum of activity that, that really seems to make this place stand out, that, that has really gotten me so excited. Um, so, back to Paul. What, what can you tell us about numbers? You know, can you share some ideas about kind of membership of, of Amsterdam? How, and, 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 you know, you've been here long enough to be able to look at, at people. Do you see new faces every week or the same faces? Tell us a little bit about it's, that. It's amazing that week after week, we see people at the lunchtime lectures that we have never seen before. We see people at the weekly meet and drinking who we have never seen before. And I would have thought that by now that would have stopped, that uh, the people that were going to join would have joined by now. But week after week we see, see new people joining up and becoming interested in, in Amsterdam. And I think that's a great thing. I, I really would like it to continue on forever. But... Uh, uh, at the moment, we have around about uh, 2,000 members, not all of them in Amsterdam. Um, in fact, we've got a whole lot of people that love the Amsterdam idea and want to start up 
what we call embassies around the world to, to bring the, the Amsterdam idea to different cities around the world. Um, about half of our members are Dutch and about half of those people live in, about half the people uh, that are in the Netherlands, whether they're, they're Dutch or not, um, live in Amsterdam. But uh, we, we keep attracting people from all around the world and, and the numbers continue to grow. So here's something interesting, a little bit of a tale. Uh, as, as many people know, my, my wife's Italian. We live in San Francisco. And so she's very tight with the Italian community there. And, and in particular with the, the Italian consul general and, and his wife, uh, who were there for three years and, and just recently um, had to return to Italy because their, their three-year time was up. So uh, we went to a, a, a kind of a goodbye dinner party and, and he was asking me what my plans were for the summer. And I, I mentioned, hey, I'm going off to Amsterdam. Really, Amsterdam, why? Because it's the best place in the world to be an app maker. And there's this organization called Amsterdam that's is really working hard to, to make that true. And he goes, really? My, my good friend, who's the, the, the Dutch consul general in San Francisco, ought to know about this. So he made an email introduction, and uh, we, we, we traded a couple emails talking about different things that were going on. But he introduced me to uh, an organization, which I'm not going to be able to pronounce. Jorn is going to have to correct me after I, after I uh, slaughter it. But it's the, the Amsterdam Innovation Motor. No, it's AIM. That's correct, and, yeah. Okay, so I got that right. And basically, they're interested in promoting, you know, uh, Amsterdam as a good place for, for technology companies, for, for, you know, that type of innovative work. And so San Francisco being a center for that, they obviously have a, a reason to do that type of bridge. But here's, uh, I think, another way of measuring, you know, how far Amsterdam has come in the last years is the, the types of sponsorship events. Because, for example, this past weekend, there was an iOS dev camp satellite uh, uh, held. So iOS Dev Camp, for, for I think most of the listening audience probably knows about it, it was started in, in San Jose, and that's where they have like uh, regular uh, rotating uh, uh, um, classes and events, but then they have a, an app development contest. And their idea is really to be able to bring the, the craft of software engineering, software development, app development to, to younger people and uh, to, to really kind of get the next generation going. And so this past weekend, uh, in addition to the 500 people who were competing in San Jose, there were satellite events taking place here in Amsterdam and in Sydney. And the sponsors of this event, in addition to Bounce Space, was AIM. And then there was another sponsor, Jorn, who you can remind me of. Pepperminds, that was, I think. Right. And so uh, they... You know, yes, they're nice people, but they, they, they have to be able to have some reason to be able to sponsor to put this thing together. In, in your opinion, you know, if you weren't bounce space, but and, and in other words, already involved, objectively, if, if you, why would somebody want to sponsor? Why would somebody care to to, to do to be want to be involved with these types of events? Well, I think uh, well, still <laughs> trying to uh, explain this first from from my side. I, uh, for me, it was very obvious that uh, within Amsterdam, um, first of all, there are uh, incredibly uh, nice uh, people that are willing uh, to help and uh, are willing to, uh, yeah, to, to jointly uh, create uh, and work on new ideas. And uh, th this attitude is what, what, what yeah, I guess, uh, brought us together. And uh, that's how we started talking about doing something together. And what I quickly found out as well, uh, I think uh, Paul just already uh, mentioned the number, 2,000 people in the, in the Amsterdam community. 
um, that means something and it also means that there is an incredible reach online so Amsterdam uh, is, has succeeded in, in getting together people on a consistent basis for events and, uh, and initiatives and that is of course uh, first of all very valuable for uh, the start of our co-working concept um, and secondly uh, it's valuable for the events as we saw with iOS DevCamp and therefore for sponsors uh, I mean um, um, no organization I think in Amsterdam uh, is capable of, 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 of doing that on such a consistent basis and and, uh, and uh, I mean uh, that uh, uh, combined with the fact that uh, yeah, there is as I said an, an, an incredible amount of, of, of knowledge uh, uh, in, in this group that was, was sort of uh, yeah um, um, how do you say that? Brought to stage during the iOS DevCamp weekend, uh, that attracts all sorts of companies in the Netherlands and organizations in the Netherlands. We've had the university here, we've had the municipality here, all sorts of corporates that just were uh, interested in hearing this Amsterdam story and hearing what was going on here, here in the, in the co-working space of Bounce Space. And uh, I guess that whole uh, dynamic uh, is what what um, interests new people each and every day and what interests uh, sponsors and so speaking of sponsors i think scotty we have some sponsors too that we need to take care of don't we yeah Jorn was saying about you know how this you know supported by lovely lovely people and we as a show are supported by lovely lovely people and uh, I, I don't want to be too jarring here but i just thought yeah there's a bit of a segue let's talk about one of our sponsors and i think we will talk about invasive code our friends at Evasive Code been around for a while with us. This is what they say. They say they have a deep and quick understanding of the iOS SDK. What are we talking about? Evasive Code do training. They train people so that you can become developers. You can become a developer. You can move to Amsterdam. You can make lots of friends. You can drink nice beer. What more would you want? Invasive Code are your gateway, we're going to say. I have no idea if they'll agree with that or not, but there we are. <laughs> they offer an intensive iPhone and iPad development course. It's a five-day class. Um, it comes to more than 40 hours. They don't skimp on the hours here. And it provides you with a, a deep and quick understanding of the iPhone, iPad, SDK. Um, basic and advanced topics are covered. And after training, you should be able to develop an iPhone, iPad application. They say with no difficulties, but yeah, <laughs> I think easier than you could before. I think no difficulties is uh, uh, none of us are quite at that stage. Are you at that stage, John? No difficulties? Uh, I have difficulties tying my shoe in the morning sometimes, so yeah, that's you why probably I, a bad I absolutely to depend. Us, <laughs> I depend on a community. Oh dear! Now, um, the price of the training includes lectures, seven hours a day, so you get plenty there. But equally, um, you also get a couple of hours in their labs in the evening, um, so you can go finish the work you were doing a day, finish the project, try some extra stuff. But equally, the trainer is there; it's not like you're left on your own, um, so you can get a bit of sort of catch-up time if you were struggling during the day. Uh, you get all the um, training material, a book, and the exercises, and a book with a copy of the slides during the class. Equally, they provide you with breakfast and lunch and coffee breaks. Um, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. You can download all the topics that are in the course uh, from their website. Now, here's the bit I always love about them. I mean, I love all that I've said, but you know, there's no more than 10 participants on any course. So it's not like you're going to go there. You could be fighting with 60 people or 40 people to get hold of the, um, the trainer to solve your problem. Um, you know, 10. 10 is the absolute maximum they'll put on there. Um, you are required to have some sort of experience with an object-oriented programming language uh, yeah, of, of some sort. I think that's only reasonable. It's too much to ask otherwise in um, five days. Now, they've got a couple of courses coming up. September 17th um, in Barcelona, Spain, and that's 2,800 euros. Or October the 1st, John, in your own town, San Francisco. 
and that's uh, $2,900. Now, you can get um, a couple of hundred euros or a couple of hundred dollars off that if when you email to inquire or book the course, if you say, everybody loves invasive code in your email, they'll give you a $200 or 200 euro discount. What more can we say? Check them out at training.invasivecode.com. We want to thank them for being a lovely sponsor. Um, and a lovely people, as Jorn says. John, back to you. I, I, I thought I was like the ad man today, but there we are. Well, that's good. But now, so uh, before we left for our sponsor, we were, we were making some bold claims about how things are going. And, and, and But uh, I would like to ask, um, so Jorn, which, which satellite team won the iOS Dev Camp uh, contest? Was it the one from Sydney? Yes, you're... you're, you're, you're actually asking a good question that's the team that worked uh, do you want me to explain the concept because uh, I, I want to know which city gets the glory just let's 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 have that first who won the satellite was it Sydney or was it Amsterdam well uh, I'm I'm gonna have to say that uh, not knowing what it was actually I would say of course it's the fantastic city of of Amsterdam Amsterdam I'm already already speaking in Amsterdam terms actually but that, that is correct. So, uh, so there was a contest that was held, and for the greater glory of the satellite competitions, there was a, a strong competition between Sydney and, and Amsterdam, and Amsterdam did win with a, an interesting application whose name I'm, I'm going to uh, butcher, but it was Civitatis, and it, had a, it was a Latin name, but it was basically the idea that you could travel back in time in major European capitals um, by bringing maps that were hundreds and hundreds of years old to show interesting, uh, interesting facts and aspects of life in the spot that you find yourself in with your mobile device, uh, but just many hundreds of years ago. So it's, it's obviously something that's very near and dear to my heart. And uh, I know that, that when you were beginning this weekend, you were, and you were saying, may, may it be a great and wonderful thing if the winning team did win in, in, in our delicious bounces. So that had to have given you some sense of maternal pride, did it not? Of course, no. And I uh, had uh, the time to, uh, to give a little speech on, on the first day of the event. And I said, I really hope that uh, Bound Space becomes a stage to the winning team. And uh, of course, that, uh, that gives me pride because uh, um, basically we, we sponsor uh, the event. We say, we don't want anything from you guys. We just want you to to uh, make great things here, to get to know new people, and we hope that you will uh, come to like the space as much as, as, as others have done, and uh, please help us uh, get the word out. And uh, of course, by, by winning, uh, you get the word out, and uh, what's more important is that uh, uh, when I, uh, I, didn't, I didn't have a chance to see the whole uh, weekend, so I was here on Friday, came back on Sunday, people were still typing, working, talking, sitting outside, enjoying the sun and uh, uh, talking about uh, the app they uh, were creating and um, uh, that's uh, just inspiring to see that people uh, work for, tw uh, for a whole weekend straight and um, I guess it's, it shows, uh, yeah, well it's, it's just a, a great example of what happens within Amsterdam and uh, now uh, happens here at this location. And I think it's it's good for a lot of people uh, to to hop on and 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 uh, uh, experience it. So, back in, in the '60s in the United States, there was a phrase that that became pretty popular. It was called "Each one teach one," and it was the idea of if you really want to make an improvement in society, you have to start with the idea that everyone will start as a, as a as a student and then become a teacher. Um, 
Paul, I want to to explore with Samuel this this idea a little bit because I think it's important. Um, you, you know, it, there are big nerd classes that uh, big nerd ranch classes that are done here, but there are also you know these guru sessions where people will give training classes. Is that correct? That's right. Um, we we started off. It was always a, an idea that every week we wanted to have a lunchtime lecture. Uh, where somebody, one of the members of the community gets up and shares their knowledge with, with the rest of the community. And, and that was great. But one of, the, one of the people said that while that was great, they wanted something where you do a deep dive into a more hands-on um, issue, like technological issue, and, and they wanted to, to have that. And... Uh, to their credit, and that was a guy called Matt Feigl, and he, to his credit, went out and made that happen. And that was the first of the guru sessions. And I think the, the original one was he wanted to find out more about test-driven development. And so he organized some uh, people that knew about this from the, the Amsterdam community to come in and take a half-day session um, where it was very hands-on and showed people how to do it. And that became the, the concept behind Guru Sessions. And they, we started off doing them around about once a month uh, as people came up with topics that they wanted to learn about and other people came up with uh, topics that they wanted to teach. And, but there's been such a great demand for these Guru Sessions that we're now getting to the stage where we're doing them about twice a month. And... Um, if we have more resources, we could probably do it even more often than that. And these, the, the guru sessions are, are like the hands-on labs that you get at a lot of conferences. And um, they only cost about 25 euros uh, a head. We wanted to make them cheap enough so that nobody had to go to their boss and say, I want to go and do this training course and I need to get permission to, to spend that kind of money. We wanted to make it cheap enough that they could they could do it almost for free, and uh, they're coming in at around about twenty five euros each now, and that twenty five euros basically goes to spend. Uh, we buy pizzas and beer at the end of uh, each session, and people get to, to stand around and mingle after them, uh, and we think it's a great way for people to learn uh, hands on. Um, how to actually do things that, that they're interested in. Now, Sam, you've been a student at a Guru session and you've also given a, a, a beginning iOS development class, is that correct? Uh, I assisted in the, in the first Guru session I showed up to and then I just taught one uh, last, or two weeks ago. And so, how has that been? You know, I, I've done a fair amount of training. I know, Scotty, you've done tons, tons of training. Um, I find it an effective way to, to master a skill, and, and it also it just makes me feel good to see you know people I, I work with uh, you know do their work. And I think that there was at least one student of yours who was participating in the, in the Dev Camp this weekend. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I think a few of my students were. And how did that make you feel? <laughs> uh, it was pretty cool. Um, like uh, so, I taught the beginning iPhone development class. Uh, we took a, a little more than half a day and tried to go through from from basic Objective C all the way up to uh, loading things from the internet, loading images from the internet, uh, that good stuff. And um, so people took that class, and then some of them 
got enough momentum going that they were able to then come for Iowa Dev Camp and, and help compete with their teams. And so, you know, you came here because, you know, you wanted skate parks and, 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 a, and a change of pace. It, 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 I know that you just uh, got your, 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 uh, your some, some papers kind of worked out today. And, and can you tell us a little bit about kind of what your situation here in Amsterdam is? You know, you're, you're now able to, to work here. Is that correct? Uh, not quite. So today I registered my company with the Chamber of Commerce. Okay. Uh, so Roundwall Software will soon be uh, invoicing people and whatnot. Um, it's one step in a series of steps I need to do in order to get my work permit so that I can legally work in this country. Um, but that was uh, one of the more difficult ones, I guess. So I just have to buy health insurance now, and um, I think that should be it for me to go and register with immigration. So it, it still is, relatively speaking, early days in terms of your, your kind of business experience here. You, 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 what can you tell me about you know, your sense of the community or your sense of... of, of you know, how your, your business life, your business experience would be compared to had you stayed in New York or gone to San Francisco, kind of, you know, if you, if you, if you cut away the kind of the, the, the social aspects of your life and just took a hard-nosed look at it from that perspective, did you, are you operating at a, at a loss? Is there an opportunity cost for you being here, or what can you say about that? Um, I think there's plenty of opportunity for money to be made in New York or San Francisco, but um, the cost of living is much higher, so the money you make is, is maybe not worth as much. Um, here, the cost of living is really low, so if I make any money, then uh, I get to keep a lot more of it and use that to goof off. Um, there's tons of opportunities. Uh, pretty much every week, I talk to three different people who need some sort of iPhone help done or, or some kind of uh, teaching. Uh, you know, Maybe they want private lessons or something. Um, there's, um, yeah, there's... There's, um, there's lots of opportunity here, and it's easier because of all of the social things we have here that I don't have to go, you know, hard knock on people's doors or cold call anybody to try to get work. Um, I just hang out and have a good time every week, and then people come to me and they say, oh, hey, you do iPhone stuff. Maybe you can help me with this or that. Huh. So the impression I get is that there are probably fewer, you know, should I say software engineers per capita than, than, than let's say, in, in New York or, or San Francisco. Um, but I think that there are, are plenty of people who want to build apps. I think that the, the app economy is, is, is kind of taking off here. I think that if you're a large corporation or you're an institution of any sort, people, you know, people need apps. Is that a fair assessment, Jorn? Yes, of course. Um, I mean... Uh I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, it still amazes me, uh, still, John, because um, uh, what, what I was kind of, uh, was, I was, so to say, still a little bit skeptical when I first met uh, Mike uh, actually here to talk about possible ways of working together here at this location when he said, and we uh, uh, bring uh, app-minded and skilled people to Amsterdam instead of uh, um, um, and what you what we actually are <coughs> succeeding in is um, rather um, importing uh, um, app uh, skilled people than exporting them. Before a lot of people from the Netherlands, when they uh, were any good, they uh, left uh, to Silicon Valley because that was the place to be. And now uh, uh, you're getting sort of a Silicon Valley here in uh, in Amsterdam. It seems um, really people from the states, Japan, New Zealand. 
we're all coming here uh, because it's a fantastic environment to work in because it's an open network uh, uh, and uh, it's easy to find uh, people to work together with and there are a lot and lot of businesses who are in need of such people and uh, the skills they offer so um, I've uh, uh, he has certainly uh, proved uh, his point and uh, um, that's that's uh, that's a fantastic achievement so Paul, let's have one last kind of uh, think about s sustainability and may maybe where right. you see Amsterdam going. Um, you took over, uh, sorry, remind me again, it's, it's not that many months ago. Are you burnt uh, out already or are you able to, to keep this going? Uh, no, I think we can keep this going um, indefinitely. We're trying to put together uh, the structure to, to make sure that it does survive in the long term. And we're We've come a long way. We're only just a little bit over a year old, and you need to remember that. And because when you look at the the, uh, the organisation and what it's achieved, it's it's amazing what we've done in the last year. But uh, we're we're putting in place some long term structures so that we can uh, so that what we're building will survive uh, indefinitely. And we're doing that through our, our sponsorship deals with uh, people like uh, Big Nerd Ranch and um, uh, SoftLayer and various other uh, sponsors that we're, we're bringing on board. We want to get to a situation where we have some full-time employees that are able to to sustain things like the, the weekly lunchtime lectures, the, the guru sessions and so on, so that people don't burn out, that and people aren't trying to just fit these things in um, in addition to their day jobs. But in order to do that, we, we need to, to, to do some things to, to put um, legal structures in place and, and, and financial structures in place to, to ensure that those sorts of things can happen. And we're building those things now. We're, we're not rushing them. We're, we're trying to build them so that they are solid and... Uh, and will stand the test of time rather than just uh, a knee-jerk reaction type thing where you, you just hammer whatever's going in. We, we're, we're actually designing an organisation the way we want it to be. So let me, let me pick up on that last theme and before we wrap it up. Uh, one thing I noticed is that now at the beginning of every event that goes on, you know, if you're doing a, a lecture series or... or um, uh, one of those events, you know, the, at the, right up front, they said, you know, we exist here to serve app makers, you know, certainly here locally, but but ultimately, really, you know, app makers the world over. And so, you, you talk about you know asking people to give what they can and also how they value it. From what I could see, you know, not that I'm hovering around the tip jar, um, but I, I do notice these things because I'm curious to see what what, what people do and. and from my impression, people people are responding, you know, and and you, you spoke earlier about you know the guru sessions costing twenty five euro, basically you know mm -hmm. not not latte money, but but you know, not expense account money either. Right? Right. Considered a simple investment. Mm -hmm. One of the things I understand is being worked on is 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 this idea of kind of permanent sponsorship, almost almost like a Kickstarter. In other words, if you're an app developer out there somewhere in the world, you know you may not come to Amsterdam tomorrow, but you may want to know that there's a place like this for you to come to should you choose, and, and it's not unrealistic for people to come here. And when you look at some of the things that are being done, like the Legal Defense Fund, I think it's, it's, it's not unrealistic to expect over time that, that there's a reasonable proposition for indie 
app makers the world over to, to, to feel good about about donating and, and, and helping sustain Amsterdam. Is that yep. what can you say about that? At the moment, we've uh, we started off where basically everything was free for app makers, and we ran events basically at break even through scrambling for for sponsorship deals. That's not a sustainable model, unfortunately. It would be great if it was, but it, it simply is not. We have moved to a model at the moment where we are asking, as you said, people to pay what they can and and what they what they the amount that they value. Uh, and on top of that, we're relying on some more permanent sponsorship deals uh, with, with larger sponsors to to pay for things. That is also probably not a sustainable model. We're trying it out because we would like to to keep things as open as we can for people, to make the barriers for entry for, for app makers who want to be part of Amsterdam, we want to keep those barriers as low as we possibly can. Uh, one of the other options, if that doesn't work out, is to, to go to a paid membership sort of deal. Um, but we're, we're holding off on that idea until we're we're trying to give this pay-as-you-go um, method a real good shake to see if we can make that work. Cool. So, Scotty, I think it's probably time for us to uh, wrap this up a bit. No? I mean, we could probably go on about this for a long time, but the thing is, I think Amsterdam is going to go on for a long time. So, I, you know, I, I know some people will say, well, you only spoke about Amsterdam six months ago, but, you know, a lot changes in six months, and I'm sure we'll be back in another six months. And, you know, personally, I'm very interested in following the development. Um, you know, it's a place I want to come back to. It's been about a year since I was there. I'd love to come and see the changes. Unfortunately, this summer it hasn't worked out. But I'm only an hour's flight away, so hopefully at some point during uh, uh, the next few months I'm going to make it over there. So, um yeah, I'd it's love been, to see you here. Yeah, no, definitely. It's um, and just to catch up. And I think the great thing is, it's um, what it's sounding like now. I think I think the central workspace is really important because when I was there, obviously it was so embryonic. So what, this isn't a criticism in any way at all because everything mm-hmm. was brand new. You know, I, I think having somewhere where you can go and there will be people is the key uh, because then from out of that you can learn about everything else. You know, it's, it's, you, you can learn about all the meeting and drinkings and the lunchtime stuff and the whatever else because there's a community to go join and if it's easy and you can just walk through the door and si- you know sign up and, and go for it. Yeah, you know, I think that is a key to the the, the the local community there really working and so I'm really excited that uh, um, you, know, you guys are offering that and that's fantastic. That, that, that's absolutely correct, Scotty. Uh, since we started in January, having our own space. Initially, we had a space out at uh, the Western Gas Fabric an old gas works uh, near the city. That, I think, was the, the real, um, when we started to, to get known by a lot more people. And, uh, and since we've got moved into bounce space, we have attracted a lot more people, uh, it, even again. And so having that there and having a place where people can interact with each other is definitely a part of this community. Excellent. Cool. Brilliant. Well, um, I just, uh, John, is it okay if I just pick up on one of our other sponsors? I, I know it's, it's yep. um, it doesn't you know, necessarily fit exactly where we're going, but you know these guys make sure the show can go on, and I think it's important that we just make sure they um, they don't get tacked on the end because that's when everybody turns off, and that wouldn't be really very fair. Um, so I just want to say thanks to Rem Objects. Um, uh, they've been a sponsor with us since I don't know the first time we did sponsorship. They were our very first sponsor on the show. Um, they did. Um, 
Uh, they do a product called Data Abstract. Now, we actually did speak about Data Abstract on episode 58 of um, of the show. So, um, you know, I really, I'm going to say, you know, go check that out because that's really good if you want to know about it. But basically, Data Abstract is a framework for building database-driven applications that use a multi-tier data access model. Um, it, it goes across a variety of platforms, Windows, Android, iOS, uh, OS X. Um, basically, you know, the recommendation is, yeah, if, if you do any kind of database access, uh, where you need multiple people to access the database at once, you should be using multi-tier, not client-server, and you should check out uh, REM objects is one of the solutions. It may not be the right solution for you, but you should at least check it out when you're looking at doing this stuff. Um, they, they've gone to the effort. They haven't just done cross-platform stuff. Any of the stuff in Data Abstract for Xcode is, is, is Objective-C. It's um, all native, uh, Cocoa Touch um, native and uh, OS X native. Uh, you get all the source code so you can play with it and do whatever you like with it if it doesn't quite do it the way you like. Um, and so you can do stuff for that. They've got, they've got something called, um, a DA SQL, which is a, um, data abstract SQL, which allows you to sort of, um, query your data, uh, in, in very, um, uh, what's the word I'm after? Lean ways to allow for the fact that you've got dispersed data across the internet and all that sort of stuff. Uh, you can run, um, server explorer and a schema model on the Mac now. So actually developing your server client, your server, um, uh, side of the operation on the Mac is, is, is all good. Uh, deployment on the Mac, you'd need to use Mono or you can obviously go for the Linux or the Windows server based stuff. The server stuff, there's not really that many Mac servers out there, so it's not too much of a problem, but you can still develop the servers on the Mac, which is great. Uh, that's been real waffle and you've probably got no idea what <laughs> I've just said about it. So let, let's do this again. Rem objects, data abstract. If you are dealing with multiple people from multiple devices accessing the same data, especially if it's across the internet, then you should go and look at Data Abstract at www.remobjects.com and you should listen to show 58 where we talked about it. Thanks, guys, for sponsoring the show. Sorry about the abomination that that ad just was, but you can't win them all. There we are. Sorry, John, you were trying to say something to me. Uh, I just wanted to, to close out. I had a couple of, of thanks that I wanted to give because I, I have had this tremendous time. Um, I, I wanted to say a specific th- big, big thanks to, to Judy uh, Judy is the, the, the unsung hero who gets so much stuff get done here. It, it's unbelievable. Um, I want to also thank uh, Marilyn. I'm sorry for not pronouncing your name uh, properly. And, and your, your lovely sweet mom, Henrietta, who organized this this past weekend's uh, uh, visit to Rotterdam. Um, I, I want to say thanks to Jorn for, for, for being you know, having such a hospitable, welcoming place. Samuel for helping uh, helping out with this the, the podcast and inviting me on the podcast. It, it really has been a, a tremendous experience uh, just being here, and, and I, I look forward to spending a bunch more time in the future. But I, I wanted to make sure I got got those thanks, Paul. Thank you for even though you abandoned us and, and went to Estonia. <laughs> thank you for, for continuing the work that, that's being done here. It's, it is a very uh-huh. genuine thanks from the bottom of my heart, Scotty. Thank but, you for being Scotty as well. But, but. well, thank, thanks for coming and, uh, and checking us out, John. We're glad to have you here. So, John, you'll still be in Amsterdam next week when we do the show, yeah? Uh, yes, and I can tell you how my, my lecture goes since I'm on the chopping block for tomorrow. That's excellent, and we can try and get your mic to sound a lot better next week. Um, so apologies to people that it's um, we've been listening live. Hopefully the edited show will get John in all his beautiful tones a little crisper, but... Um, this is the trouble with live broadcasting where you set stuff up on laptops crashed. We, we do our best. 
we do our best. Um, I'm not going to go around everyone and get them to give all their details because there's quite a few of us today and that takes quite a long time, but there is going to be in the show notes. Please, the show notes have all the links. Anybody that mentions anything, uh, we get it in the show notes. The show notes just appear. Um, if you go to the iDeveloper, um, dot, uh, iDeveloper.tv slash podcast page, find the show and click show notes. It will take you there. Or if you subscribe to the iDeveloper TV blog, yeah, the show notes are actually just a blog post. Uh, everybody's details, their Twitter handles to follow them, uh, their blogs, their companies, any links that they've mentioned during the show uh, will all be on there. So please go and look at the show notes. That's what they're there for. Um, you know, I want to see the Google Analytics stats on the show notes. Show me that it's worth the many, many minutes I take putting them together. <laughs> okay. Uh, John, 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 John. That's been a, Thank you for organizing those guys to come. I, I've sort of... Uh, been really uh, interested in the update there and I'm, I'm sure it's not going to be the last one. I hope other people are interested. We don't get lots of emails saying oh, why do you keep on about Amsterdam? So, um, and the show numbers stay pretty stable um, when we do Amsterdam stuff. So um, that, that to me gives a suggestion that people are actually interested in what's going on. I would say that they are. And I would be remiss if I didn't also say a big thank to Klaus, um, who's been help also incredibly helpful in getting me situated here. And, and I'm always afraid that I, there's somebody I've left out. So if I didn't thank you, um, don't hate me forever. Thanks, blanket thanks to all the Amsterdam community. Excellent, excellent. Oh, John, I was looking at our um, download stats um, uh, uh, last week, and um, I thought we'd suddenly become really, really popular. They'd just gone through the roof. And, um, you know, and I was thinking, wow, we've obviously done something really right, or someone really famous has spoken about us. Um, and I was getting quite excited for a few days until I sort of did a bit more analysis and realized that actually um, the numbers coincided with the release of the iOS podcast app. And so it was everybody with their 17 iOS devices <laughs> re-downloading the last two shows <laughs> in the app and making it look like we, uh, that we were uh, mega famous when actually, no, it's just the same bunch of people. Oh, I'm so sad. But you should have lied and kept me in the dark. Yeah, but then it would look like everybody had left us again once the podcast app stopped, <laughs> stopped downloading us. So I don't know if that's better. Oh, dear. So um, uh, basically, it's, it's going to be a, a sad day here tomorrow at uh, iDeveloper TV. We, we're we're going to be moving studios in a couple of weeks' time, and so we're going to be filming our last course in the original iDeveloper TV studio. John, it's the last time that I'm going to be stuck up against that wall and shot. <laughs> well, may it not be the first place you're shot, just a new place because the blood stains are beginning to melt the plaster. Yeah, so it's uh, so you're going to have to come back and join us, John, soon, and uh, update your course and um, and uh, you know give us a uh, come and see the new studio. Just want to ask people to go check out the um, NS Conference page on the iDeveloper TV website. That's iDeveloper TV slash NS Conference. We're running NS Conference Mini, seventeenth of September, Leicester in the UK. Um, we've got a great day lined up. Yeah, it's yeah. There's been this thing about design going on for a couple of years in the. Um, uh, in the developer community, community, I remember a couple of years ago that people didn't really speak much about design, um, and then it suddenly sort of sprung up, and everyone was getting sort of uh, good about it. And, and and then unfortunately, it got a little bit sarky, and it got a little bit like some people, you know, the fun thing to do was to laugh at people's apps and, and whatever else. And we all got involved in that, and, and you know, and it was you know maybe it wasn't right, you know, um, but it, it, this whole thing became quite negative. And, um, you know, I really wanted to put together this day where actually it was about, okay, there's designers, we're developers, you know, this isn't about doing some drawings up front or making things pretty at the end when we've written anything. You know, design and, and coding and development are an interweave process. And I wanted to get a mixture of people together 
um, to come and talk to us about that. Not you know, not about how to make things pretty, but just how to think about design, how to structure our code to allow for design changes, how to how to process our ideas in the first place in order to know what to put in our applications, how to um, you know see design going right across the development. Um, life cycle you know how to think about the different devices we use and you know should we have buttons or gestures or whatever else in the modern environment and and from a really positive angle uh talking to us as developers not as not you know developers don't need to be designers there are designers who do that job but we do need to you know work together and have an understanding um and you know i've called the day developer versus designer which is a bit negative actually and i probably need to change that again but there we are um so that's then this conference mini so we'll have five uh, five talks followed by five really sort of intense Q and A sessions um, on September the seventeenth in Leicester, in the UK. It's one hundred forty nine quid. Um, they'll be drinking the night before in an arranged place and drinking the day after, uh, the evening after in an arranged place. So come and do the social stuff as well, meeting and drinking, as you'd say in Amsterdam. Um, so check that out. I developer TV slash NS Conference. Our speakers: um, are Jamie Newbury, Matt Gemmell. Um, Kathy Shive, Dave Whiskus, and Joss Clark. Um, you know, all top people, and they're working on this stuff now already. We've been working hard on this. This isn't just something that's going to be thrown together. Um, I know I've had a few people say, oh, design, I don't want to know about that. You know, please just go and have a look at the website, read it carefully, and don't just say that. You know, it may not be for you, but, you know, this is, you know, I, I'm really positive about this, and I know it's been received a little bit negatively because it's all about design, and the whole design thing is a bit negative at the moment. So, that's why I'm doing this sort of passionate appeal to get you to go in there to take a look because I just want you to really consider what's going on there. So please do that. iDeveloper.tv slash NS Conference, our first NS Conference mini. I'm really excited. Uh, great venue. There'll be some great food and some great socializing before and after. There we are. It's a shame it's a bit far for you to come from San Francisco, John. Otherwise, I'd say get on a plane and get here. Uh, well, maybe I'll just stay here until then. You're welcome. Yeah. You, can, you can sleep on my sofa. Okay. <laughs> I don't have any beds to offer you. I've got so many people living in my house. I'm ridiculous. Right, um, we're going to do a little bit of a wrap-up there, I think. Um, unless you've got anything else you want to add, John? No, I think we're all good. Let's, let's bring this thing home. Okay, that's good. I, I am going to give a shout-out to Bromium, actually, who were a sponsor on the show last week when you weren't with us, John. Um, they're looking to employ someone. It was the, um, you know, I think their words were, if you're the type of guy or girl who um would read the mac os 10 internals book from cover to cover then they've got a job that's perfect for you they're looking for someone who really wants to get geeky um yeah they're not officially a sponsor on the show this week but i still want to give them another shout out because they did last week so bromium.com um and uh, click on careers if you're looking for a job you're a low-level geek that sort of way you know they may be the people for you they're based in the uk um so go take a look Right, that is it. That has been iDeveloper Live episode 60. Sorry about the audio quality for those listening live. I really hope if you're on the feeds, you've managed to clean it up um, a little bit. It's been a case of throwing stuff together and hardware together at the last minute when things have crashed, getting the shared workspace, microphones and everything to work. It's been less than ideal, but I think the content was good and that's all that matters. So, from me and from Mr. John Fox, the two favorite people in your life, do not cry too much when we're gone for a week. And until next time, you take care.